How's it going, me old mucker? Pretty swell as it goes, Elliot. Luke, have you had some work done? You look downright radiant. You're glowing, mate. Your forehead's shining like the midday sun. Your cheeks are shimmering like a lightning strike. And your nose is polished like a ruby red Ferrari. Oh, yeah. I'd like to say I always look this good, but I'd be lying if I did. I've just been for a mini facial, actually, at that salon, Blush Beauty by Lauren. Had the works, mate. Soaps, oils, serums, moisturisers, hot flannels. Hot flannels? Hot flannels. I feel relaxed, nourished and rejuvenated. A bit of me time and I'm like a new man. I'm jealous. Does she do manicures by any chance? Does she, heck? She does gel manicures, full manicures, pedicures, tinting, facials, piercings and massages. Service with a smile and friendly conversation. Sounds a scream. What about the products? Are they ethical? You bet. All products used are natural-based, cruelty-free and vegan-friendly. You see, I've been looking for someone to do my bikini wax for Coachella 2021. Would she do that? Too right she would, which is a huge relief for me, I have to say. She does Brazilian, Hollywood, back, chest, full, half. All bases covered. Results! I might take a look at her range of treatments and buy my mum a gel pedicure for her birthday. Beats the yearly bottle of bubbly and a bar of soap. So why not treat yourself? or a loved one with a treatment from Blush Beauty by Lauren. A range of beauty treatments at great prices. Like her on Facebook or pay her salon a visit located at Energique Health Club and Spa, Anstey Lane, Alton, Hampshire, GU34 2NB. That's Blush Beauty by Lauren. Honestly, mate, it's done your appearance wonders. You might finally get a girlfriend. You think? Nah, just joking. Welcome along to You Have Been Watching, the podcast that invites a different guest each episode to choose some of their favourite telly shows. They'll be asked to pick four separate shows from each of our categories and a couple of bonus choices as well. Why? Because they've won our made-up competition to spend a weekend away at a luxurious travel lodge in the heart of Preston. Joining me as ever for this expedition through television is Luke Bateman, a man who once leaned out the way when a girl tried to kiss him. And struggling along at sloth speed is Elliot Williams, my best mate and arch nemesis and, in a way, wife. Ooh, Hello. that's lovely. How right? are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm not bad, my friend. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm going to dive straight into it because for this episode, we took a trip to our local church, didn't we? In a time when it was allowed to be so. Yes, we did. Uh, we were into, I believe it was called the Galile- the Chapel of Galilee. Yes. Yeah, that's different from Galileo. Galileo isn't it? is yeah. uh, is a painter or something from centuries and centuries ago. But I quite enjoyed it actually. It was quite atmospheric, wasn't it? It was a church that we've been to quite a few times because we went to a primary school that was Christian. We used to do Easter and harvest services. Uh, talking of harvest services, we once read out a poem in that church, didn't we? Yes. We wrote a harvest poem. Obviously, it was pure crud. But I remember the times we'd read it before, we always sang it. And a teacher just told me, you're not allowed to sing it in church. And I tried to whisper to you seconds before we went up to the mic, Luke, we can't sing it. We can't sing it. And lo and behold, as soon as we set up to that mic, you started singing it. So I thought, oh, stuff it. We just got to go along with this. Well, look, if a poem has a certain rhythm, I believe it needs to be sung. 
That was my philosophy. Well, when you've got lines such as pineapples are really prickly, you've yeah. really got to sing it. Yes, and Mrs. Beetroot loves her <laughs> reach roots or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> that genuinely is the poem. Uh, yeah, that was one of the more embarrassing things in my life. But we did get published, so we are technically published poets. Oh, yeah, we're published poems. We, I don't think we are go... published poets, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we'll go down well at a poetry slam <laughs> night. No. Listen no. up, pineapples are round and really shiny. <laughs> That's a real line, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. carrots, they're orange and Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think she'll remember that. Um, but that brings back serious, serious sort of PTSD. That that church. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Joy was a fantastic guest, and, and you'll hear she's full of personality and uh, used to be our English teacher. Yeah, she gives you a right roast. Yeah, it was fun until you two started bitching about me in the <laughs> church. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you'll you'll hear it for yourself. But yeah, she really gave you a hell of a roast about your writing technique. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's got the wrong person. I think she's got the wrong person. You'll find out, but I, th- I don't think that's me. I don't think it's you either. I think it's another friend of ours that, yeah. that, that sort of famously was a bit rubbish at writing. Mm. We'll, well we'll find out. We will find She's out. She's adamant. Here we go. It's the Joy Windsor, or should I say Reverend, Reverend Joy Windsor episode of You Have Been Watching. So here on You Have Been Watching, we imagine that our special guest has won a weekend away in a hotel room in Preston, where all they can do is lie back and watch telly. They'll be choosing four of their favourite ever TV shows, and we'll be hearing why they've chosen them and what it means to them. At the end, we'll also ask them which television personality they want to spend their weekend with and what they'd like to eat. Our competition winner today is Joy Windsor. Born 28th of June 1966, presumably conceived around 28th of October 1965, Joy is our former former English teacher at secondary school, but now treads a very different path. Now, woman of the cloth, after completing all her formal qualifications, Joy frequents different hallways these days. Instead of setting homework and handing out detentions, she spends her free time at the moment writing sermons and praying for those in need. Ordained, inducted, welcomed in, called by a higher power, however you phrase it, Joy is now a fully-fledged reverend, having climbed her way up the ecclesiastical ladder of hierarchy. Joy Windsor really has invited us into the chapel of her local church, her spiritual home ground where we hope to enjoy a relax and a chit chat welcome joy thank you very much for having us and how are you oh i'm very well i have a little bit of a cold because um as you may not be aware i'm still teaching actually so i do hand out the odd detention so you are still (laughs) a teacher you've gone back to it because i'm what's called a self um made millionaire no (laughs) self-supporting minister an ssm and an ssm has to self-support herself so i support myself by going in and teaching children this is english obviously it's english and history actually oh you do history now oh yes wow oh yes you taught us uh, english didn't you absolutely Uh, quite a few years ago now um do you remember anything of that at all Yes, quite a bit. Like, oh, um, God. <laughs> if looks not, could not kill. God, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that was a good laugh that year, as far as I remember. And also, um, my inability to get Elliot to write more than two paragraphs at any time was one of my... Um, <laughs> Your inability to get him to write more than two my paragraphs. My inability to get him to write at length. He, I, I, he said, oh, yes, yes, I, I will do that next time. No, he didn't. <laughs> I don't so, remember that um, in the slightest. You know, do you remember I, anything I, else? I put him down as one of my really rare favourites. <laughs> 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 you sure 
sure this is me. <laughs> yes. I, I remember doing an essay for you, and I got my um, past and present participles, or whatever they're called, so so confused. It's the most stress. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a stickler for grammar. I, I've, it's got to be right. And anyone that doesn't do it right, really, that's one of my pet peeves, is doing grammar right. And I was so annoyed with myself. And I took about two <laughs> weeks. I couldn't get out of past and present tense. And this is the most boring anecdote. It goes nowhere. But I just, I remember the vividly that, giving you that to you in. I suppose that kind of makes sense because you really love long sentences now. Yes. And I only like to write in bullet points. So actually, <laughs> that really connects the dots for it me. It rings true, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's aversion to sentences whatsoever. <laughs> and this is where I couldn't actually follow what was going on. So <laughs> <laughs> this is an absolute roast. <laughs> also, Sorry. I don't know if you remember his handwriting. You won't. But it's like um, a, someone squished like a money spider and gone with their yeah, thumb along the... Pretty spidery as yeah, far it as is, I remember, but yes. yes yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I wanted to just kick off and just ask you firstly, what exactly you are right now, you're a reverend right now, yes. and the general order of hierarchy and proceedings and what you've been and what you're going to be and your qualifications, etc. Right, et cetera. well, when you start, when you decide that, you know, that you've been called, you become, when you've been through various interviews, and they are quite stiff, you become what's called an ordinand. And whilst you're training, you're called an ordinand, and you do very various things you practice doing services but you also practice doing the pastoral work and all those sorts of things and I spent uh, two weeks in Cyprus following an Anglican community there and I also did um, six months at Basingstoke Football Club um, following <laughs> two the slightly different vibes following, yeah. fo- following the football chaplain Wow! Um, because cha- uh, most fo- soccer clubs have have fo- have chaplains, and uh, the work is fascinating. Um, that so is fascinating. And uh, you know, sports chaplaincy is a huge growing area, and most teams will have some kind of spiritual support, basically because the chaplain isn't employed by the football club. And even where you've got Premier League clubs, uh, the chaplains will deal with all faiths, and uh, you know, then they have some fantastic chats with people of all sorts of faiths and religions and backgrounds and and they feel that they can offload because it's not anything to do with anyone and then you know they can you know so it's a really um makes the soccer club a family can i ask you about the change that you made uh you're calling as you you said earlier it is a real drastic change isn't it from being a teacher to, to going into this was there anything that particularly changed you often you don't know you're being called and uh, you know when i actually said i quite like to explore it my vicar that at the time said i've been waiting seven years for you to say that um wow. so he clearly had recognized it far earlier than i had so i think actually you come to the realization and and it's a it's a big jump to make and lots of people kind of squash it but you know after a while you think well why not why not take the 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 jump and it's been really fruitful and really um, inspiring I meet loads of different people really good people who just want the best for everyone else and and I think that's that sort of keeps you going really I mean there's some hard times and I'd say one of the best ministries I do is is funerals but I I think you can be that person that they can all lean on you know because you're Mm. not emotionally and attached as such you find the good within everything and I think that's something that uh, you know I didn't see coming but it's really great I think it's also worth pointing out that we are in the the church at the moment this, this is the chapel isn't it this this is, a, this is the Galilee chapel we named it because yep. on the window it's got 
Jesus standing by the Sea of Galilee. That's why we've got Oh, it. and I mean, and it is yes. spectacular, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yes. it, it's a real beautiful place to be in, actually. You've performed, well, I say performed. Mm. What do you call it when you when you do a sermon? Is I, it a, a sense of I, performance? I preach. You preach, preach sermons. You preach. That's your that's your verb, yes. <laughs> I don't know what they are. <laughs> the verb you I'll were grasping it. for. <laughs> Being taught again every day is a school day, Sorry. isn't it? <laughs> and we're sat like a school at the moment as well, aren't we? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, um, mainly here from the from the um, pulpit which is over there which is hugely um, which is very old and generations of people have preached from it but you can see right around the church you can see most people from there um, I was terrified the first time I did it but um, you know you get yeah. used to it well let's talk about that because it's like um, mm. you know a stand-up comedian doing his first gig at, at an open mic night or emceeing an event or whatever yeah. how, how nerve-wracking was it doing your first sermon um, I was so nervous that I made my husband come that, that, you know, unless I, he always <laughs> knows me. when I'm nervous I make him <laughs> come to stuff once I get on once I get over it he can, he, he can leave me to my own devices because I'd already read it to him six times so you can imagine that I've got to come and hear it again <laughs> so poor man um, how long does it take you to write I'm sure as you as writers would say that you spend longer writing oh, than you do performing and the performing is the best part of it um, yeah a sermon if you're going to do it properly you're going to have to have about two to three hours of prep and then you're going to have to write it writing I mean I, I think my prep probably takes longer because I, I, I believe in planning and if it, once I've got an idea in my head I can sort of churn it out in about sort of an hour or so but it, it, it is about sort of getting that prep done that's for roughly about 10 minutes of speaking. How was lockdown for you as a as a reverend? I'm assuming now with PowerPoint you were able to, were you able to send PowerPoints to people? Well no, well, we've, we've got a whole YouTube channel now, I mean we've you know we have transformed I actually think it's done us a, a, the church as a whole a huge amount of good we've been able to unleash a little bit and use our own creativity we've got quite professional at wow. it so you know we all film our own bits and we all upload them onto our G drive but the reverends have just, a G drive yes <laughs> oh my it's, God. Um, and YouTube it's, is a um, tough nut to crack isn't it absolutely yeah, we've got we're on Facebook live every morning and um, doing morning prayer Ooh. and you know we've got a following of, you'd be lucky to get two people in the church on a, on a morning for that we get 10 15 people every day you know so and lots of people we've never we've never met before have joined us in that way so actually it's been really really enlightening and uh, you know Literally. we're very very loath to let go of it because you know we actually have a different audience it's I knew we were going to be surprised today but I yeah. am really surprised by how the church has leapt into the 21st century as it's often sort of you know accused of being yeah. archaic sometimes oh no we had but all, now yeah, it's all we had gone. all the stuff we were all ready to go I mean um, if you look Church of England has won several awards for its digital uh, communications in the last two or three years do you have a favourite hymn at all or is there one that you really really detest you're thinking oh here we go again I think you're right I think there are all things bright and beautiful for example I mean the the, the organist comes out in spots here if he has to play that because <laughs> he has to play it so much for baptisms and weddings everybody wants to choose that I think he also he also um, doesn't really like one more step along the world I go I actually quite like that one so, so I make do him I. Play it's it. jovial, isn't so it? So I like that. I make him play step it. Along the well, world. So I, go. I always choose it for baptisms, and he and he just gives me this look. <laughs> so, so you you get to choose what the organist plays. So oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, we do singer. it as a team now. I mean, you know, I don't. I I often just go up to him and say, "Is it possible you could play?" And he's, "Oh yeah, that's fine. We haven't done that for a while." But he doesn't mean um, that, does he? He means, know, "Oh, for, <laughs> yeah, for yeah." God's but sake. Um, you know, but he 
knows, for example, that I, there's a particular voluntary I really like. So I think on my last my last day, he'll play that for me. Um, I haven't heard All Things Bright and Beautiful for a while, and I'll probably be all right with it now. But you know, um, you know, when you're going, when you're hearing it month in and month out, you just think, oh, please, <laughs> it's not your ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's because people don't know many hymns really, and I think that's that's sad. But um, you know, because there's some quite jolly ones. There are also know. some really quite dull ones oh, that are quite absolutely. monotone yes i yes. mean people just sort of if people if people can sing well this is what my experience yeah. of being in a church when i was younger if yeah. people can sing they really go for it yeah and there's people giving it operatic style and if yes. people can't sing or they're shy yeah. they just do this all the time <laughs> i remember <laughs> doing horrible that a mix. lot <laughs> <laughs> yes one of the most famous i don't know what service i suppose mm. you'd call it is midnight mass and we've always actually we've always wanted to go haven't we because we have. it's, there's still a real mystique about yeah. it We've always been in the pub, haven't we? Well, yes. <laughs> but there's a real mystique about it. And this is, you know, obviously on Christmas Eve, isn't it? And this takes you up to midnight. So it takes yes. you up to Christmas Day. Yes. I assume you've done a few of these. Yes, I, I've done two. My first one is actually was at Bentworth. Um, okay. Because uh, poor Ed, who runs medicine at Bentworth, didn't have anybody to do Bentworth Church. And they all wanted a midnight. And I'd never done one before. And I was not even in my own parish. You know, but it was, um, wow. it was, it was, there were lots of hilarious parts to that, which I can't repeat now. But, you know, oh, go on, give us one. My husband and I arrived because um, this is one of the times where I say, you've got to come with me. <laughs> um, and uh, he said, all right, then that's fine. And when we got there, um, the church lights were on and literally no one was in. Oh. You know, had lights were on and no one's yeah. there. You know, it definitely was that. Is this thing on? What on earth is this? You know, we'd come a bit early. So we knew we were a little bit early. And um, and then somebody else arrived and said, um, well, why are you not going in, Vicar? And I said, well, I can't get in. And she said, well, don't be silly. The door is open. And she tried it and it was locked. Oh. So um, And then somebody else arrived and he tried it and it was locked. And it was went like this. And you could hear my husband absolutely killing himself around the back of a, the wall somewhere <laughs> and eventually the church warden turned up and said oh I'm sorry I just popped home for something and, and produced this enormous key which is about a foot long uh, <laughs> it's what you call what a key should be really and uh, we all got in but it, it was uh, it the was key quite, to a church I should be thought, about one meter long blow me down the following July when I went back to fill in for another service they got locked out again oh, and I said, this, oh, this no. only seems to happen when you're here <laughs> and how does midnight mass work we've never been is there a it's countdown like new year's eve no 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 jules holland's <laughs> playing yeah. a bit of um, piggledy piggledy <laughs> the nice thing about it, it it really works so you have lots of christmas carols and and it works like an ordinary communion service but i think at the end you can't if you time it right you can be done you know you can finish communion at midnight so the next thing you can say is may i be the first to wish you a very happy christmas and you know and that seems to um, but that old chat up line yes <laughs> you've tried that in the pub for years <laughs> so basically it's it's um it's a it's a welcoming in it's a sort of preparation and welcoming in do you get any interesting characters that come every week or not so much these days but maybe like eccentric characters or maybe people that come and rate your sermons and oh yes go, yes we've got as last week we've, we've got one or two of those <laughs> how do you deal with those kind of people um i just go well thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you for your feedback yeah <laughs> Don't forget that, you know, we're 25 years into women being priests um, and there's still quite a lot of opposition to women being priests. Really? It's not really happened to me, but it has happened to friends. And, uh, you know, there is quite a lot of misogyny still about um, and sadly 
um, I think we all should grow up and sort ourselves out really but what, what does that manifest into does it manifest into actual overt sexism well, or just or certain yeah, members I mean, of the I've congregation had, not I've coming had things anymore? like what does your husband think does your why does your husband let you do this well my husband's never tried to let me do anything I, you know <laughs> we have a partnership of equals here you know yeah. but, um it's it's very very conscious bias I think generally with the older generation but actually most people are really quite um, you know really quite welcoming um, oh we've never had a woman priest before but that was great and I really will come back to that or Despite you know it's that, just yeah. you know, it wasn't bad yeah <laughs> but just you know I've never and, and I've, I've we, we've even had lots of funeral families actually requesting women priests so you know because they feel that they're going to get um, more sympathetic to treatment or something like that so I, I just think that you know I'm at the vanguard of people who you know who, who've been before me and I think they're the brave ones you know I'm, I'm just riding on their wings a bit but you know you just didn't see that when I was growing up and and so it's taken a long time for me to realize that that that's where I should be because you know um, I think a lot of women ministers who are younger than me a lot younger like your age are um, much more militant about it than perhaps I am I just sort of let it go past me. Obviously, being a, a member of the clergy, mm. uh, do you have to somewhat behave in society? Obviously, you're not down the old boozer, you know, necking gins every night, but do you have to kind of present yourself in a, in a certain way now? Has that had to change? I don't think it's changed a huge amount because I think teachers are under the same kind of um, mm. pressure, really. You are given a set of rules in scripture that you follow, and if you follow them, then you shouldn't go far wrong, really. I mm. mean, you treat everybody kindly and you. Uh, they think when people say oh you're necking gins and things well if you've seen an Anglican priest's bar um, you know, that they are <laughs> just as cap- yeah. they're just as good. theological colleges bars are you know very cheap and uh, we used to we used to quite indulge quite a lot so you know <laughs> so, what's, what's your tipple what's your tipple beer well beer? I've gone through several because I started off um, when I went up there on wine and they said oh that's a bit boring try this <laughs> blood of Christ so, and all that yes <laughs> so so gins we, I've had various several gins um, and I also got a taste for some nice Scottish whiskey which um, you know which so I I have quite a sort of but I actually as a person don't like drinking a huge amount so you know but as a reverend drunk all the time you'd think wouldn't you actually I drink very rarely and you know and uh, so the gin stays in the thing and then suddenly one night I think do you know I'll have one some might say there's not a great deal of representation of the church on TV you know the only shows I can really think of in the recent past have been Vicar of Dibley, Fleabag, Rev, and they've all been quite kind of jolly characters. Do you think that is true? Uh, do you think we need to see some um, kind of bad side? We quite, I quite liked the one with Sean Bean in it, which the name has gone right out of the, uh, which oh, was, was it much unf- more uh, unforgiven. Yeah, I think, the Jimmy McGovern was, series. That was that was quite inspiring. I haven't actually, seen that and yet. it showed the sort of pressures a priest can be under. But Rev, I think, wasn't quite as upbeat as the other two. No, it was inner city, wasn't it? It was yes. very funny. And actually, he was under a great deal of pressure. I mean, it really did show our lives quite well. At the bit at the end when he meets Jesus is just mm. fabulous. And, you know, and, and, you know, where he's lost everything and he doesn't know what on earth he's going to do. And, he's, you know, and, he, and, and he meets him and he just thinks, wow. And all, everything's better because of that. And I just think, you know, we, we often, pl- I often play that. To, I get that up on YouTube if I'm feeling a bit down. I'll just play that because it's really important to know that, that that's actually what you're doing. You know, It's a thoroughly underrated sitcom. Yeah. It was. It was stuck out on BBC Two, and you know, but it was hugely popular um, in the Church of England. I mean, I don't know anybody who hasn't seen it. Amongst your time of writing sermons and 
doing all this stuff in preparation, do you get a lot of time to watch TV at all? Um, not as much as I used to. I, I, I have to say my, my choices started sort of dwindling quite hard on the sort of adult ones, whereas, you know, um, um, in the, uh, you know, in the children's one, I was a real TV addict. I could, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I just what am I going to do about my children's one? Because <laughs> I, I loved it so much. I was a real TV junkie. Oh, well, I look forward to hearing about those. Let's yeah. get on with it. Congratulations, Reverend Joy Windsor. You've won a luxury weekend break to the idyllic city of Preston, where you'll be spending all your time in the finest twin bedroom Preston's Travelodge has to offer. It's common knowledge, of course, there's little to do in Preston other than to sit in bed all day and watch television. We hope you have a very pleasant stay. So, you know the format of the show? You're going to take four TV shows to Preston for a weekend. You're going to watch those shows continuously on repeat. You're going to take a guest and some food items as well, but we'll get to them a little bit later on. Uh, so your first TV choice uh, is the TV show that makes you think of your childhood. Right. Um, well, uh, there was a plethora of things. Um, you know, of course. The, the, um, you know, I have figures of Cambwick Green up in my up, up in my and my daughter said, "Well, you going to have Cambwick Green?" Like, no. And, uh, yes, Green and Cambwick, and uh, you know, and Trumpton and all those sorts of things. So you know, I, I had that, um, and uh, I had lots of suggestions from the family. Helpful, not. And I sort of thought, well, what is what was it about my childhood I really liked? And I thought, well, actually, what happened was that you know, um, long before the days of safeguarding, my mum was a teacher, and so we were at school in Hollybourne, and we had to walk home, and we were given a key, and we were told to let ourselves in, put the telly on, and sit on the sofa, and not to move until she came home. So that's what we did. We were about eight or nine, I think. And so um, I saw an awful lot of children's TV in the afternoon because that's you know you got home about sort of um, four o'clock because we finished at half past three, and uh, you you know from that time on from about five to four there would all be children's programs so you know you got everything from play school and blue peter to news round and you know it's and everything in between but i think actually one of my favorites and one of the things that i really sort of you know especially as we're sitting meeting on a friday i think it's friday it's five to five and it's crackerjack i absolutely loved that program that was all about entertainment it was nothing about educating you or trying to make you a better person it was just about winning a pencil that was <laughs> I mean it was just brilliant it was just madcap and just brilliant a, a lot of people love Crackerjack I'm not too familiar with it I've heard so much about it yeah so what was it was it kind of like a madcap game show mm. come sketches kind of thing it was a variety show you had sort of old vaudeville entertainers like Peter Glaze who was mm. just and Don McLean who were really funny and uh, you know they're really silly sketches and and things like that pop groups at the time we just compete to get on Crackerjack because of course you had millions of kids watching um, so you had loads and loads of different people on there and at the end what I really loved was the finale they'd always have a big sketch and everybody dress up and 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 it'll all have a part and even if they forgot the lines and there'd be a lot of custard pies it was just it was just so carefree and and just jolly you know I loved it what sort of time was it on on a Friday five, five to five, five. Oh, five, five to, oh, sorry. it's Friday it's five to five and it's Crackerjack <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, no, I get that. Makes sense. And I assume there was a live studio audience there as yeah, well. Yeah, right? absolutely. Of so you could, kids. you could go. I mean, you know, I've always wanted to go. And, you know, you could see people's brownie packs and things all in there going, absolutely ache when you think, oh, please, can we go? But you could never get tickets. I mean, you know, it's a bit like getting tickets for Strictly Come Dancing. It was, it's that kind because they were free and 
you went. Um, but a friends of mine did go, and you know, anybody owned a crackerjack pencil, you know, you were gold. You were cool. That was, oh, was so good. Yeah. Do you feel it paved the way with that format? Do you feel it was kind of a precursor to TFI Friday? And oh, absolutely. It, I think anything else that that came out of that, and and quite a lot of the cool Friday night shows like Chris Evans's show and um, Saturday, uh, Friday Night Live, Ben Elton, that kind of stuff. You can see that kind of crazy stuff going on because that's what we all grew up with, you know. So, you know, I think it was it was a very special programme, actually. Let's move on to your second choice, which is the TV show that gets you laughing. Oh, gosh, there's so many. I mean, you know, if I'm going to switch on the TV for an evening, I... I I want comedy really because you know I like to laugh um, and you know from my earliest age uh, you know I can remember Dad's Army used to make me laugh you know don't tell him Pike uh, <laughs> it's just I wasn't so keen on Only Fools and Horses there are bits of Only Fools and Horses I really like and other bits I just think oh just mm. just go away um, you've gone quite controversial there no one yeah, ever no one ever no, slags I, off I've never been all that sort of sold on it I have to say lots of it is great and and I think his use of bathos and things like that is just wonderful I like a lot of Ben Elton stuff I'm a huge fan of Ben Elton saw him first on Friday Night Live you know um, back on Channel 4 in the, in the sort of early 80s kind of thing and then you, you so you see the young ones was a bit zany for me but you know I loved it oh we love the young ones I mean because it's just you just did he really do that because <laughs> <It was laughs> like, he'd never seen TV like that before um, and then um, it sort of he went on to Blackadder and when and I think you can see the difference between series one and series two three and four when Ben Elton comes in to write mm. with them and you get that kind of madcap kind of thing going on but with a very serious underlying tone um, which I think is in all his work and um, you know even Upstart Crow which I absolutely adore I think is his, his best for many years you know is, is actually very well researched it's it's at, he, he uses lines from the play galore I mean he must know his Shakespeare in order to be able to do that so mm. do you feel he is um, perhaps overlooked rightly or wrongly because he actually often is there's something about him that people don't warm to anywhere near in the same way as mm. a Rick Mayer as a Rowan Atkinson as a Richard Curtis all of the same era all doing similar things at the time he's not actually celebrated as much despite the fact he's well, prolific he's a lot harsher yeah. actually I don't think he takes prisoners and um, he's honest and you know sometimes Sometimes the honesty is 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 not really sort of you know um, appreciated, but mm. you know, and he feels very strongly about stuff. I think that's why I like him is because he doesn't back away from saying this is wrong. So I'm going to go for Blackadder goes forth oh, fantastic. because you know there are some just fantastic lines. You know, cunning as a fox, who's just won the chair of cunning at Oxford University. I mean, what what's that? You know, it's just. <laughs> now, my confession while we're here in the chapel is that I actually haven't seen all of Blackadder. Oh, no, come really on, not. no, I. I really haven't and yeah. again it's just one of those things that I just haven't sat and from start to finish and I've done yeah. it with many yeah. of the other sitcoms of that era mm. so I have to hand over to my colleague here to talk a little bit more about Blackadder but I know and from what I've seen mm. is it's brilliant mm. obviously yeah. Blackadder goes forth terribly 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 funny yeah. and of course that final scene See, in that final yeah. episode where they go over the top and it kind of fades to black yeah that's actually it was quite big in its time wasn't it because that was never done in comedy mm. no it's never done and um, he actually managed it, I mean, lots of people had stopped going to the remembrance services around that time when it first came out. So this is what the, the mid '80s or mid, the late '80s, I think, because um, they thought, oh, well, it's not, it's, it's not anything to do with us anymore. And the moment people, the the attendance that November was astonishing. 
because that's that scene had just kind of finished everybody off and this, don't forget it came out of time when most people watch the same thing he's done it again with upstart crow he did it with um hamnet's death and and he just just I, finished I it that, and, yeah, and it it's exactly the same i had i actually was in tears and i just thought he's just so good at just sort of knowing when to stop the laugh and you know and say actually this this is sad tony yeah. robinson as baldrick is just outstanding yes he? He is, across yeah. all the series as exactly well. uh, even when he's supposed to be quite um in the first series he's actually supposed to be quite intelligent isn't mm. he so you know you say series two to four were the yes. better series i yeah. think i probably agree with you there yeah. for me it probably goes i quite like series two and then series four for me yeah. the elizabethan stuff yeah especially with rick man with rick well. as flash yes. yeah, so yeah that's just flash well, i mean because then he comes back in his plane as lord flash art later on yeah, that's, yeah. that's my favorite um, um, the bit with speckled jim the the, the pigeon that mm. is just uh, somebody ate my pigeon <laughs> <laughs> really nice really nice choice yeah. uh, let's move on to your first bonus choice which is your tv personality that you're going to take to go to preston with you for oh, this weekend well i'm going to go for a tv character because um we've had I'd, that before I'd, that's I'd, fine I'd, um, i'm going for geraldine granger if i'm going to take somebody no, i'll yeah. take geraldine granger because uh, that's why what i said come back perfect to the... perfect choice <laughs> that, perfect is, match, yes. that is so so many similarities to you but but why do you feel um so because i think we just have a really good laugh and we know a lot about the same things our jokes would be sort of you know if we said something the other would understand but a certain amount irre- irre- irreverence as well and i think that if would you'll be, pardon the you know, pun yes yeah. yes um obviously for anyone that doesn't know this is the dawn french character in the vicar of dibby this is the female mm. vicar that yeah. comes into the parish and the village and yeah. uh, it's obviously a brilliant show and so similar to you and there's an awful lot of uh you know, initial misogyny isn't there from yes. Roger Lloyd Pack and Absolutely. the supporting you know, cast. You know. um, and you know, it stays, it stays sort of underneath. There's, there's that, there's that sort of, you know, that kind of we like like you because you're our vicar. That was, I think, a turning point for quite a lot of uh, women vicars actually, or women priests. That there was a positive person out there that looked like them. You know. The power of TV, eh? It's amazing, oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it I is. think you'd get on a hoot, wouldn't they? I think that would be riotous fun. I really do. <laughs> do you think she'd enjoy Blackadder Goes Forth and Crackerjack? Oh, absolutely. Jack? And she probably, you know, if it, you know, she she probably have her own opinions about that. You know, she <laughs> likes Sean Bean, and we both like Sean Bean. So that's that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. It's good knowledge. Uh, let's move on to your third TV choice, which is a TV show that gets you sweating. My husband actually won't let me watch stuff that gives me nightmares because he says I, I, I just wake up screaming and he just can't stand oh, it. So he actually bans me from the room. If he's watching something which he thinks is completely unsuitable, he will ban me from the room. Earlier we had my husband doesn't stop me from doing absolutely anything. But if it's unsuitable TV, I'm stopped. <laughs> it's above 12, there you go. <laughs> yes, he says, well, there's not much violence in this. You'll be fine. Sometimes I, I, I'm allowed out. Sneak um, downstairs. So, so, you know, if he, especially if he's not there or he's on night shift or something, then you know I've, I've got so unforgotten is one and um you know he wouldn't like parades end so i've got that but that was pretty that was pretty that was pretty heavy um we've both enjoyed strike which is the jk rowling um detective because that's pretty dark i love strike it's good isn't i it? think it's so underrated yeah. i really do yeah we've just got the fourth series now i haven't quite watched that yet yes but i think it's great no, we've just finished that it's really yeah, good is it? I yeah can't wait. so it's just another kind of pairing of detectives yeah i thought it was great yeah it's, it's not bad um i think the one that made me sweat most i think in the last few years is Broadchurch. oh we haven't had no we've not yet, had Broadchurch. No. Broadchurch was made very uncomfortable viewing i think in loads and loads of different ways i didn't see it when it first came out but people 
people were raving about it. Much as they're raving about Hamilton at the moment, I really haven't seen that either. So again, yes. two quite different vibes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Pete, Pete can't stand musicals. He doesn't understand why people have to burst into song. <laughs> Neither do I. Moments. Why are they just watching Hamilton the is all song. Yeah. I was forced to watch it. It was the yes. longest three hours of my life. Yes. So, um, so I haven't actually braved that one. But Broadchurch, I thought, oh, well, I'll go and watch it. And I didn't regret it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I didn't like the third series quite as much as the first two. The first two just worked so well. And yeah. um, I thought the acting was brilliant. And But it did make you sweat because you just didn't know the twists and everything. It was, it was beautifully written. I think I said this before on the show, actually. But only in the past few years, I think it's been Broadchurch and Line of Duty mm. are the only two shows that give a real water cooler moment, which we've lost yes. over the years. Yes, exactly. Because of streaming and watching on demand. Yeah. But I remember that first series. I don't know, probably you wouldn't have experienced that with the first series. Yeah. That everyone was talking about it week on week. There was a cliffhanger. Mm. And then the next week, there was another one. And people were really talking about it. And people were really guessing who did it. Yeah. And there was articles rare. in the paper and stuff. And it was on like Good Morning Television. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. And people were talking about it and guessing yes. and taking bets. And there were sweepstakes. And that is phenomenal for yeah. this day and age, as you absolutely. just said. Absolutely. So we I think so Broadchurch, I think, would be my, my, my one to make me sweat. I so think. for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's an ITV1 drama. It was probably broadcast about six years ago now. Maybe yeah. more. Maybe more. The Maybe first more. Series. Um, yeah. Written by Chris Chibnall. It's got Olivia Colman and David Tennant and yeah. basically a young boy has been mm. murdered and yeah. it's a whodunit yeah. isn't it but it's also the effect on the families mm. that I think lots of TV series don't go into mm. the fact that you know that if you have somebody uh, are a victim of crime you are you are forever changed by it and um, you know I think they did that I think that was the extra bit that actually they didn't forget the family. And Jodie Whittaker was amazing in that first Yes, series, she was. She yes, she was. Yes, she was. Absolutely. And in two and three as well, to be fair to her. Yeah. yeah, yeah the storyline just wasn't as good. But with the yeah. Gillespies. Yeah, yeah. I think she's in them all. I think she's in three she? as well. She's yeah, just she floating is. around still because there's still crimes happening in the place where she lives. Yeah. Yeah. So she's not really got a part to play in three, but she's in yeah. it. It's a fantastic choice. It, it, it was just phenomenal. And I can't believe we haven't had it yet because mm-hmm. it would probably be in my top five it would be for me yeah. as well especially series one definitely yeah, yeah. really nice let's move on to your final TV choice which is your free hit any show from any genre it's the show you couldn't live without right well I, I had a lot of things because I, I quite like the writing of Aaron Sorkin um, who wrote The West Wing and uh, Newsroom and I don't know, Facebook and all those ones yeah um, he wrote um, the, so the I was Facebook really film. I was really torn but actually if I had to have something that I couldn't live without and I had to do it I'm afraid it's the 1995 series of Pride and Prejudice okay Ooh. so 1995 so are we talking is this Colin Firth yes yeah, I'm afraid so I yes. remember watching this not in your classes but I remember <laughs> watching this actually at school yeah I didn't finish Pride and Prejudice because it was so boring <laughs> <laughs> I've never read it or watched it but I had to read it because I had to do an exam in it <laughs> I remember getting confused this is this is a confession now this is really appropriate for the chapel um, I remember getting confused in the actual GC the exam, I got into my head that there was two Elizabeths <laughs> and I ended up writing an essay. You know, you have to write like three essays. Yeah. In I ended up writing a whole essay on Elizabeth being sisters with Elizabeth. <laughs> I hardly ever told anyone about this because it's really amusing. It's and I somehow got an A for it. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, because you obviously one like, like my son who read 
two thirds of um, To Kill a Mockingbird and still managed to get an A on his <laughs> literature. I mean, you know, Amazing, what's that yeah. about? Now, that is a good I did book. that in college. No, that is I didn't a brilliant read the book. books. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Pride and Prejudice for me. Um, we live in Austin country, obviously, and I think that um, I've read all her books. Some are better than others. I like her because she can't spell. Uh, you That's know, why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> she always spells choose, C H U S E, you know, so, you know, it's funny. And it's got into the um, print because oh, wow. that's how she, uh, she spelt it. But apparently her, her spelling and grammar were awful. Because, I mean, actually, what it is is a, is a very, very satirical book um, which sends up everything to do with Regency society and just how appalling it is. Um, but uh, that particular thing, I think, presented the book much better than any other series. If I was in the staff room at lunchtime and I was playing this and I'd say, it's the wet shirt scene this afternoon, period six, she'd have every, because I had um, an office with windows behind my, and you'd have four free t- uh, teachers who were free up there to watch Colin Firth come out of the lake again. No. <laughs> this is real secrets from yeah. the staff room, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that is phenomenal. And I was going to ask, d- 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 does it stay true to the book to a certain extent i mean there are bits i mean there's a lot with a lot of more mr darcy than you know know, jane's (laughs) jane austen's tragedy is that she she never really had a relationship that went anywhere she did have boyfriends but you know but she didn't really know Mm. how men reacted so you get a very far away view of mr darcy whereas they tried to make him a little bit more you know that that we'd have a bit more sympathy for him i don't think that's a bad thing i think actually that did 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 him the world of good. So it was 1995. It was serialised by the mm. BBC. It was Alison Steadman was in it as well, yes, wasn't she? Was yeah, she's fantastic. Mrs. Bennett. This is the best what, Mrs. Bennett ever. So what was it about it that you loved so much? Was it just because the adaptation was so faithful, or was it also the, the set, the scenery? The scenery the was bu- brilliant. The acting was a superb, and it was funny as well. I mean, it really was very funny because actually, I know you might have found it boring, but Jane Austen is really funny. Um, it's all some, social satire, isn't yes, it? Yes, it, it is, is quite social funny, satire, I admit and that. you know, so they brought that comedy that that kind of laughter back into it elizabeth and elizabeth were a brilliant double actor <laughs> they really are i think her name was jane actually. that's right, <laughs> ah, there that's you right. Go. <laughs> yeah written by jane austen that's why i got confused rewrite the exam now oh dear <laughs> your final choice is your second bonus item and it's your food or snack item of which you get an unlimited supply Oh, well, in that case, um, we can't have the Vicar of Dibley coming with me without taking the chocolate fountain, surely. Yay. <laughs> chocolate <laughs> fountain. Stuff. So yes. you've got the whole, the massive chocolate fountain. Yeah, the fountain. massive chocolate fountain. I'm going to say you're allowed to take something to dip in it as well. <gasps> Ooh, which I is quite rare. I hadn't rare. thought about that. I'm, I, well, I'm going thing. to have to take a sh- packet of shortbread then with Ooh, me. Oh, lovely. We get going to say strawberry or oh, marshmallow. Strawberry. Yeah, a packet know. of shortbread. Okay. Yeah. So shortbread it. coated in, in chocolate. oozing chocolate. Oh, that sounds oh, lovely. Oh, it does sound nice. I've yeah. never tried that before. I'm starving as well. That yeah. sounds really nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. And would you do the head thing? Would you put your head in the chocolate fountain to give an um, opportunity? I, apparently, that was done with chocolate custard. It wasn't done with um, actual chocolate because chocolate wouldn't run fast enough so they actually had to put milk in it in order to so it was a chocolate I suppose it'd be very it's hot chocolate. as well wouldn't it yeah it is quite so I probably wouldn't I, have, I did did once threaten to try with somebody's uh, chocolate fountain and she got very upset <laughs> <laughs> that, that was so. the end of that dinner party for you wasn't it <laughs> out you get it was actually at my daughter's wedding I think so I went, oh can I do this she went no <laughs> <laughs> and I did have a hat on so it's probably best really <laughs> really nice choice is going to try and remember them now um, uh, your TV choice 
choice that made you thought your go. childhood <laughs> was Crackerjack. Your TV choice that got you laughing was Blackadder Goes Forth. You're taking Geraldine Granger with you as your TV personality. The TV show that got you sweating was Broadchurch. And the show you couldn't live without your free hit is Pride and Prejudice. And you are taking a chocolate fountain with some shortbread. I would applaud you <laughs> if it wouldn't crack the mic. Yeah. Well done, well done. That was well good effort. No Thanks. notes. Fantastic. I normally forget that. Well done. Are you happy with those choices? I am very well, very much, and I'm very much looking forward to going to Preston. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real mixed bag. I've really enjoyed this. I've loved it. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been delightful to chat to you, uh, and thank you for having us in this church as well. Yeah, thank the you. VIP thank treatment. You. You're thank very you. welcome. Thank Come you. back soon. <laughs> <laughs> and now as a special treat to play us out, we've got the organist, Will Nesbet. <laughs> And there we go. That was Joy Windsor, or should I say Reverend Joy Windsor's episode of You Have Been Watching. Do you feel blessed? Um, do I feel blessed? Yes, I do, in a way, to have got to listen to that very nice, meandering episode of You Have Been Watching. It was incredibly interesting, wasn't it? Yes. We actually learned so much. I didn't realise about the chaplains in the Premier League clubs. She spent some time at a local football club. Didn't know that. I didn't know about some of the religious training. I didn't know about some of the misogyny that still exists in the church, mm. which is thumbs down. I didn't know about many, many things. I didn't know her least favourite hymn. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was very nice. What I didn't know was her childhood option, which was Cracker Jack. Uh, heard lots about Cracker Jack, never seen it. People absolutely loved it of her generation. And that, I suppose, is their kind of... For us, it was D Dick and Dom in the Bungalow. Anarchy. Anarchy TV. Yeah, it was that anarchy. Kind of thing, it yeah. was craziness. Blackadder Goes Forth was the TV choice that got her laughing. We have to agree. Love Blackadder. I'm so surprised you haven't seen all the series. I know. Crime. Criminal. But I think that's a very, very worthy choice of comedy. And she's a massive Ben Elton fan. <laughs> we had a very long conversation yeah, about Yeah, we did. Half of it had to go. Yeah, <laughs> she said she went to see him live yeah. uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. She's taking with her Geraldine Granger, Dawn French's character from The Vicar of Dibley. I think those two would go down an absolute scream together. And in fact, I think I'd quite like to be there for that weekend just to enjoy the fun with them both. Yeah, and quite interesting she took Geraldine and not Dawn French um, because Dawn French, I don't know if you know, isn't actually a vicar. Um, <laughs> so it does make sense. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I I'd like to be a fly on the wall and listen to some of their conversations. The show that got her sweating was Broadchurch. Oh! Oh my yay! <laughs> we love Broadchurch, don't we? Especially that first series. It was amazing. Yeah, it was so amazing, so gripping, uh, fully, fully worthy. And as we mentioned in there, might well be one of my choices as well for drama. I went to the place where they filmed Broadchurch. Oh yes. When I went to Weymouth on a holiday. Oh yeah. Took a photo at uh, the same bench that David Tennant and Olivia Coleman were. The right, police yeah. station, it's just like disused houses, all that kind of stuff. It was fascinating. Yeah, that is very, very cool. Good photo op. Definitely a good Rainy photo op. Rainy day. Horrible day. Was it? Yeah. Mm. The little news agents as well. Is that real, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. It's real news agents. That's excellent. Mm. Excellent choice. Her free hit, it was always an excellent choice on this show. Yeah, or fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Her free hit was Pride and Prejudice, the TV series from 1995 with Colin Firth. You haven't seen this, have you? Not. I've seen some of it. I've seen some of it when we had to study it for English. If you like that kind of thing, you're going to get it in oodles. Absolute oodles. It's period drama, it's costumes, it's Colin Firth. 
How many episodes is it? Loads. Absolutely loads. Probably like 10, maybe. Oh, I ain't got time for that. You, it's not something I think you I've got to do the People versus OJ Simpson. Yeah. Can't do Pride and Prejudice as well. <laughs> yeah, take me with you on that. I want to see that uh, as well. And the food item she is taking is a chocolate fountain. And don't say I'm never generous. I let her take a food item to dip in the chocolate fountain, which was shortbread. Which I think is a little bit bland. I can say that. I'm going to say yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's not, though, because you think the shortbread's dry, but the chocolate fountain is sweet and dripping. I suppose, yeah, so it becomes chocolate-coated chocolate, chocolate coated shortbread. And you can let it dry as well for it to become that. Yummy scrum. Yeah, all right, okay, fair enough. I just thought something a bit more interesting, like marshmallows or strawberries, but maybe it's overkill. Sickly, sickly marshmallows. It is sickly. Yeah, but you've got, a, you've got an endless supply of chocolate fountains, so it's not like you're not going to feel pretty full. Well, that was lovely, wasn't it? Trip to the church as well. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review, and you can follow us on Instagram at Luke and Elliot Comedy and on Twitter at Luke and Elliot, just to be a little bit awkward. Have a lovely week. Be blessed. 